one who went looking for harder gear. Would you accept some chemical assistance? Just your basic garden variety amphetamines. Keep you buzzed, keep you wired. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hello. This is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast and we overanalyze episodes of the Aussie soap opera Neighbours that have recently aired in Australia. Still a few weeks behind the UK and Ireland and we um, campaigned during the week online. It was wonderful to see everyone out on Twitter tweeting the hashtag Neighbours Catch Up to appeal to Channel 5 to sort themselves out and make up the difference of episodes. So hopefully someone addresses it and does something about it. But well done, everyone involved. I'm Vaya. I'm in Melbourne's PirateNet Studios. I can never suspend disbelief. And I have connecting on Grace and Global Communications, also known as Remude on Twitter, it's Kate. Hello. Hi, everybody. And CJ, the hot mess mom, also known as Catherine Jones. G'day. Hello. Wasn't it nice to see everyone tweeting together as a family across the seas? It was. And it was an international effort as well. Like, yeah. obviously, we're not affected in terms of, you know, we're seeing it as it should be, as it comes out live. But we want to be able to celebrate and discuss neighbours with our UK friends. And it's rotten having having to try and hide spoilers because you want people to see the shock reveals. Like Shane's drug addiction to me was a shock reveal. Like I did not see it coming. And they planted that seed back in Pride Week. So that was a long game. Mate, the, the fact that we had to keep quiet about Toadfish Rebecca's burnt penis <laughs> for three weeks. Yeah. And obviously the campaign... Uh, fell on the night of Bum Cake's debut in the UK. Mm. So that's why um, Neighbours Tube, Joe, started it because he was outraged that the UK had to wait for Bum Cake. <laughs> it, is, it is something that's difficult to wait for. <laughs> and on that, Neighbours Council business. The business, again. Uh, I've made a little adjustment to the top Patreon tier, patreon.com slash neighbourspod. Um, just to keep within that vein. And um, so just have a little look scene there. And I promoted that and we've been inundated. Not at that level. I mean, that's silver lining. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is a relief. I don't, don't, I don't want, don't, don't join at the top tier. It's just a bit of a, a laugh. Don't join it. It's just for a giggle. Don't join it because she'll have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm true to my word. But people that joined on other tiers, Neil and Camille, and Laurie and Miranda and Laura and Olivia, who is like the mayor of the council at the moment. Really, we should be patrons to her. So I'm going to have a little talk to you, Olivia, offline. But really appreciate everyone's support at various tiers in this crazy time. So feel free to pause at any time if it's tricky to manage Patreon. Thank you, everybody. That is so generous of you. Yes, thank you very much. And I feel like Olivia... I feel like she's something more than a mayor, like oh yeah, commissioner or something, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, you should go and enjoy Olivia's involvement in the Netflix series. Well, first it was on ABC, I believe. Love on the Spectrum. 
she's one of the stars of this show. Yeah, and someone spoke to me about that show at work. You know, it's it's um it's water cooler conversation. Mm. This um show, everyone loves it. But someone brought up Olivia, and I'm like, oh wow, I know her from Neighbours. Yeah, she's one of us. Yeah. <laughs> and also this week, my day job usually the moment we're not I'm not there because no one's making television in Australia except for Neighbours, but in Victoria. But Hard Quiz during the week aired the Neighbours episode with Steph, who I believe still listens to us. She started listening to us to research for the show. Uh, If you're still listening, hi, Steph. Lovely to see the episode. And they aired the question I worked on, which involved Jackie Woodburn. In a 2002 episode after slipping on spilled milk, Susan Kennedy hits her head and is diagnosed with what clinical disorder? Steph? Amnesia. We wrangled that the day I did the interview with her for Night Terrace and we quickly shuffled her over to the hard quiz set and she just banged that question out. She is like a dead set professional. Mm. It was was a dream, being able to write one single line for Suze. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we've had um, a trifecta of membership at the Neighbours Council, a trifecta of male names at least, Tim, Hayden and Robert. I don't know how they identify, but I'm pretty excited about all the male fandom happening for Neighbours. Not 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 so much us, but yeah. I've always enjoyed the, um, the fact that we appeal to a variety of genders. Mm. This is business. It's not personal. So we're going to do a, a little shallow paddle across the week and our new tradition, which I'm loving, is we're saving a storyline just for the patrons. It makes me so happy. And who will we be discussing this week, Vaya? On Patreon, we're going to save Law and Order, special Erinsborough unit, the drug squad. <laughs> right. Defund Erinsborough police, shonky dealings. But the reason that's happening is because we had the great unravelling of Pufferfish Rebecca the start of the week, the anniversary dinner from hell, which came apart because of Mackenzie, weirdly enough. Bloody Mackenzie. You called it last week, Kate. Yeah. Look, and after watching the episode at the start of this week, I was just like, you are cruising for a second week of shitizen. Mm. (laughs) He almost got away with it if it wasn't for those meddling kids because Shane had been through the wars, hadn't showered in what looked like weeks, and sat through a lovely fine dining affair at his wife's business that they shut down for two days, by the way. That's a big expense. She's the, the sole, well, basically the sole breadwinner at the moment as well. Mm. Divi's out, you know, making the bacon and frying it, poor lady. At least Yashvi can pay board now. Yeah, but I bet she's not. <laughs> I was just thinking today, can we just get Yashvi and Mackenzie to move out of Toadie's house? We need a new young person house. Yeah. Like, um, not House of Trouser, but more like um, when we had, what was he, um, Anne Wilkinson and Lance's brother, his older, their older brother, um, Brett Cousins. Andrew? No, Brett Cousins? And, was he Andrew? I, I think you're right that it was Brett Cousins. Yeah. When they had, they were all boring 20-somethings, but it'd be interesting if we had a young, like we could have Roxy, Mackenzie, who did we say? <laughs> Yashvi. Ned could go live there with them. Yeah. And do it proper share house style. Get seven people in there. It'd be hectic. Yeah, I love that actually. Maybe it, Mackenzie's going to go to uni next year, right? So she could meet some people at uni and that could be like mm. a whole like kind of family, really, mm. new people. Remember when Paige met those feminists and they were in it for a week and a half? <laughs> <laughs> and they freed the nipple and that was that. Mm. By the way, it was um, Ben Atkins was who you're thinking mm. of. 
I had such a crush on him. I, he has not come up. Oh, my God, Vaya. Come on. He's my type. Look at him. Just look at him. <laughs> he's, he's got, like, bloody Justin Timberlake's curls. Yeah, that's it. Look, everyone's got one fatal flaw, <laughs> and that's his. He was exactly my type, and I really loved him, and he had this short-lived romance with Lisa, who was a teacher at the school. She had zero personality, and they had a little erst going on that I was really into. Anyway... How did Mackenzie out Shane during this hot mess dinner? Well, she wasn't subtle. She just came out with a bag of drugs and said, is this your Shane? <laughs> Come and talk to me behind this revolving door. Yes, which is where everyone, this that set, like the, you know, the kitchen and storeroom of the cafe played like a, a role this week, didn't it? I quite enjoyed, I know with ISO filming, they had no one on the set. I quite enjoyed having Harold's clear of punters. I liked seeing it with no one in it, even though it was horrifying for Dippy's bottom line, having it closed for two days. It's cool to see it used in a different way, with all the tables moved aside and Carl kicking around in the corner. Yeah, and because if you go to a cafe now in Melbourne to pick up your food, that's what it looks like. Yeah, Yeah, all the tables are hidden. I don't know where they've actually managed to hide all the tables, but I assume it saves having to clean them when eventually it reopens. Yeah, and also I think um, they can get in trouble for having seating out for people. Ah. At another point during the week, Chloe mentions that she's working from home. So I kind of enjoy like these little touches that they're living like we're living, but they're just not like addressing why. Yeah, because we've seen Carl sanitise his hands at the bar as well. But that's a doctory thing as well. I bet he's mm. gone. I know there's germs out there. I mean, I work with them every day. But it's not typical for the waterhole to have the sanitizer sitting out. No, I mean normally, normally you drink it <laughs> in one of Roxy's cocktails. Mm. No, it's a Carl thing because he would see free sanitizer and go save myself five dollars ninety nine at Chemist Warehouse. Yep. Hey, maybe you remember when um, Roxy lit the bar on fire in her first scene? Of course. Maybe she was just sanitising it. Maybe that's just the NT way of doing it. Fantastic. Because she's, she's straightened herself out. She's a good Sheila lately. Mm. So she always meant well, maybe. And so, look, bit of a problem, I think, with the undoing of Shane Rebecca, in that there was not a single soul on that cul-de-sac that cut that man some slack. Yes, yeah, there was no empathy. Mm. It was all just, you're a shit human being. Get off the drugs. How dare you do drugs? He was struggling. It's not like he was out dicking around, mm. hooning around the town mm. of, a, of an evening just for shits and giggles. He was taking drugs so he could study. <laughs> that does not sound fun. That is the saddest reason to take drugs. But also, nobody treated it like an illness. Like back when everyone thought he had depression, people were being empathetic about it. Mm. But when it was discovered that it was a different illness, addiction, nothing. And then, but also Susan was like, oh, it's just depression. It's not like it was anything serious. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, there's a few there's a few things wrong here. Very true. But also if you think about what Susan's been through with the amnesia and at bloody terrace living in the house, <laughs> like a bit of depression does seem garden variety to her, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Shane has been an absolute rock for Mackenzie. And what's she doing now? She's just like, no, nah, giving up on you. I was a little shocked at how Mackenzie took it. Um, I mean, I guess she she's flat out said he was her father figure. She's like, my other dad's a deadbeat. I've globbed onto this man and now he's let me down. But to the point where she's now cancelling her extracurricular interests. She's, I'm not going to run for this council oh, environmental position now. I don't care, Mackenzie. <laughs> I do not care. 
Also, Mackenzie took it. No, no one cares about this council position. Um, she also took it herself on herself to SMS Yashvi. Oh, piece of shit. However, no, the whole street leaked like a sieve after he was outed because then Toadie went around to Coos. He's like, oh, look, you'll find out eventually. Shane's on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No need to drip feed any of that information. Um, I loved that they, because Susan, um, Carl said, what kind of drugs? And Carl looked empathetic. you got to say, like, he didn't, it's not like he ran after Shane to, like, care for him a whole lot. He did run over to Dippy, mm. but his face, God, that man, he's just so beautiful. Oh. Um, But they asked what drug it was and Toadie answered it. You know how they normally say, like, oh, they're having. He's on some hard gear. Hard gear or something wrong. Like, just, they don't normally. He's using. There's a bit of that. Yeah. But they was, they actually said speed. People on Twitter a while back were enjoying, they liked this drug storyline because they got to really get into the meatiness of it and they were remembered a while back, they, I can't remember which character, they said maybe it was like Jack Scully or someone was addicted to clubbing. Was it Jack? <laughs> yes, and, I think oh. it was. It's like we've got to intervene, he's addicted to clubbing. <laughs> That's ecstasy. Everybody dance now. Or seals. Oh, oh my God. Little baby seals. Oh, no. I mean, I think if he was addicted to clubbing seals, someone should get involved. <laughs> that was hard yakka to watch not a single person in his family, not even Roxy coming around, to, you know. And Joe pointed out in the Neighbours Council that you know who would have been kind to him? Sonia. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when you, when you kill off the empathetic person in the street. There's not a whole lot left. And rage isn't around? Oh, no, she's in L.A., yeah, because she, she's taken up that role of getting people to come down to the centre, hasn't she? Oh, oh, for sure, yeah, she hands out the leaflets. Hmm. It would have been nice. Toadie had a lot to do, but it would have been nice if Toadie could have switched gears and said, hey, mate, it's not you, you're sick, and we're going to sort you out, you know, don't worry about it. Also, turns out that Shane and Richie, uh, Shane had asked Richie, for some drugs and Richie said well I've got some um there was actually like weird flashbacks wasn't there that we hadn't seen before yeah what was the drug what did he have some ADHD drug was it yeah his ADHD prescription medication and I think we actually did see that scene back during Pride when um Richie said oh how's it going Shane said I'm really struggling I'm tired um we saw the beginning of that scene but not the other Mm. half of it where Richie planted the seed and said, look, there's some stuff that might help. You can have my leftover ADHD meds, which Carl tore him a new one over. That was disgraceful. Like he just had a full-on go at him in Harold's. Like he's still, look, he may be 18, but he's only just 18. And he did feel a lot of remorse. What's with like the bloody town doctor having a go at him in the cafe? It's not like Carl's prescription's never gone wandering before. Yeah, back off, Carl. People went from 0 to 11 in an extreme fashion, like with Mackenzie going, oh, great, now you're a pharmaceutical dealer to Richie and um, immediately, like, not wanting a bar of him and Yashvi, like, I'm so embarrassed by Dad, I can't even look at him. And Oh, ridiculous. Yeah, every other cop was saying to Yashvi, do you really want to lag on your dad? But she was like, yeah, no, all for it. I'm a cop and the only way, which is just, it means that she's becoming a binary Erinsborough police officer, which that's all they've got, good and bad, you know? I would love to have seen the conversation that, um, you know, Mark Brennan's colleagues had with him before he arrested his bride on his wedding day. <laughs> Never forget. Yeah, they're probably used to it now. They're like, oh, um, I suppose you want to go get your dad then. <laughs> we'll go get the coffees. Oh, you're another one of those freaking weirdos from Ramsey Street, aren't you? And we'll pick up that thread on Patreon. So what is 
the solution that Diffy and Toadie, well, Carl, put forward to Shane. Rehab. They say, you want to go to rehab? <laughs> and Shane said, nah. 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 There's only one way to move forward. You have to go to rehab. Rehab. Nah, no, I'm not going to rehab. Not really. Nah, mate. <laughs> nah, mate. I'll be right, mate. That was such a deliberate script choice. I was here for it. And off he goes, 28 days, straight in. Uh, who's footing that bill, do you reckon? I think that they've got private health insurance. Which is, you know, considering they're living basically on their, you know, the bones of their ass. I don't know how they can afford it. Well, like we discussed the other week, they're not paying rent. They um, they don't really have that many expenses because I think Toadie's paying for everything. Well, aside from like Shane's drug habit. Mm. And um, then the teenagers are scholarship sorted in Sydney. And they're running one of the businesses that's surviving through ISO, takeaway, mm. you know, comfort food. Mm. Yeah. Beetroot burgers. The amount of pregnancies in Erinsborough, that, that thing would be going around the clock. Yeah. Now, at the end of the week, Dippy has a big meltdown and throws shit around that kitchen. And uh, who comes to her aid? The big strapping lad. Yeah, the dashing Prince Pierce. Lord Grayson. I'm I'm here for it. Pippi. Give me Pippi. I want it. I'm into it. They are both really, really hot, aren't they? <laughs> I love it. And I just love the randomness of it. It just that why would a millionaire be hanging around the cafe ch- talking to the proprietor? Yeah. And happy to just clean up whatever mess she's made as well. <laughs> so what, he, the man doesn't work. No. He, he is a con man. There's no way he's got any like money to his name at all. And he said he had to read reports that day. I didn't see any reports. I didn't see a computer. No, it's all a lie. He's not even in his suit. He's been turning up in his polo shirt. Like in, in Fifty Shades of Grey, that man spent a lot of time in meetings. Like Pierce is never in meetings. I'm not even a billionaire and I spend most of my time in meetings. <laughs> now we'll leave them, we'll, let's leave them aside because I want to talk about a new addition to the cast this week in a guest role and that is the delightful Lucy Durack, star of not just TV, but Australian musical theatre. I first encountered her as Galinda in the Melbourne production of Wicked, opposite Angela Lane, Amanda Harrison as Elphaba. They are Kristen Chenoweth and Adina Manzel's roles. Who can say if I've been changed for the better, but because I knew you, because I knew you, I have been changed for good. So it's great that we have both Elphaba and Galinda on Ramsey Street or in and around Ramsey Street at the moment. We need to have a scene with them uh, just for fan service. Which is entirely possible seeing Toadie just recently rejected her. Yeah, he, he, they hit on each other at the bar till Carl and Susan intervened through the Calax of Ferns. <laughs> I am in love with this character. She's so sweet, just like Lucy. So we meet Rose as she comes in for an interview with Toadie on Thursday. How can I help you? Oh, um, hi, I'm Rose Walker. I'm here for the interview. Oh, I thought we were meeting at 4.30. Yeah, it, it is 4.30. Did you work for the Essendon Football Club? No, that's just my letterhead. Are you a Bombers fan? I am the Bombers fan. Ah, oh, okay, well that makes two of us then. What? Seriously? Hang on, what do you do if you are being interviewed by a Collingwood supporter? I send my CV off in black and white. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 
would never work for a pie supporter. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, very good. Ah, so this is why you love her so much, CJ. Yeah, so she's out there getting a job, which I actually love, like, applying for work. <laughs> she's got her Bombers logo at the top. She had the best line. Toadie asks her, what would you do if I was a Collingwood supporter and you were coming? And she's like, I'd print it in black and white. Like, she was switched on. <laughs> and just to remind everyone that CJ and Kate and Toadie and Rose all go for the Bombers football team. Mm. Yeah. And also, she's she's hiding something because it's a neighbour's character. So why wouldn't she be hiding something, right? I was devastated. I just want her to be pure and good and sweet. I don't want drama. No, this is where I go. I don't care. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you don't care what she's hiding? Yeah, exactly. I don't care what she's hiding. I love it. Yeah. Give me a little bit of intrigue. I don't want to hear about old boring McBoring pants. Well, I think she's like most women that are out of the workforce for a while and you know the whole world bloody world changes if you've spent five minutes at home and then suddenly people are asking you how to do formulas on a spreadsheet i'm sorry in my first five years of working if they charged for answers on google i would not have made any money (laughs) (laughs) i um in my third job i went from working on pcs to working on a mac Mm -hmm. And I was shitting myself because they're like, oh, you experienced it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I was like, I straight after the interview, as soon as I was offered the job, I bought a textbook on um, how to migrate from PCs to Macs wow. using like Illustrator and Photoshop and that. Mm. And it wasn't that difficult. Like it was really one of those things where it was like, oh, yeah, just work on it for a day and you're fine. But, yeah, it was daunting. Maybe she's just not used to Macs. It shouldn't be something that a teenager shames you for, for not knowing. Oh, fucking see. Mackenzie. This is where it doubled down on you. Are shit as of the week, Mackenzie. Calling it now. Calling it early. Yeah. Um, and I actually called her Macatha Christie there. Like she's, <laughs> but like in both cases, she's like got her detective hat on. Ugh. And what Rose has lacked in Excel skills, because who even knows how to use that, um, she still has in workplace politics skills because Mm. the minute Toadie's like, what's up with my password? She's like, it was her. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was that girl. Yeah, she white-anted Mackenzie and then took the credit for some document that Mackenzie had written up. Mm. That that bit was weird, though, because that bit's quite – Mackenzie could have just said, yeah, I just handed that to her. Like that's – Yeah. That that took some balls saying that. Yeah, it did. So she's bumbling around all this tech stuff and then we find out that she said, well, she says she has raised her kids and she is behind on, yeah, workplace technology advancements. But we, obviously there's more to it. And Mackenzie was quite like unsympathetic with that, wasn't she? She was just like, oh, but how? It's like, well, you know what, Mackenzie, you may think you're, uh, you're marginalised. But yeah, wait till you're a middle-aged woman. Wait till you're just invisible. Wait till people are calling you Karen on the streets <laughs> just for existing. Um, I would quite like to see Rose and Mackenzie go head-to-head with that sort of debate. See, the thing is, is that all Rose said was, can you help me with that? She didn't say, I don't know how to do it to start with before she started Googling mm. stuff. And Rose is above Mackenzie in the hierarchy in this of this office. She's like... Yeah, Mackenzie's an intern. Yeah. I was going to say, is Mackenzie being paid at all? No. I don't think so. And even if she is, probably not much. And she's probably getting paid for all the parenting she's doing of the children, but not that. <laughs> but she, all she says is, you can help me. Imagine if someone's response in the workplace of being asked to do a task is, why would you need my help? Yeah. 
And why are you Googling how to make spreadsheets or whatever? It's like sometimes you need a little refresher on your first day back. Everybody needs to watch a YouTube video on how to do something in Excel. And also, it's easier to Google than to look things up in help. Yeah, it's a better search engine. Mm. Did she Google, by the way? Was that actually Google? I'll have to go back. I reckon it was. I really enjoyed the scene. So then later, though, when she's in the office on her own, because also, by the way, we know from backstage interviews that because of COVID, they're not able to use the Rebecca Law set. And they've explained that away with there's some flooring issue and it's got to be redone. And so Lasseter's is letting him lease the office space there. I don't mind it. It actually feels like a real throwback to um, the original uh, Daniels Corporation office. Of, of good. The, of the 80s, with the way the desks are set up. You know, you've got one to the left of the screen and one straight ahead. Yeah, it just makes perfect sense. I mean, they're using the same backdrop as the, um, as the mm. penthouse as well. So she's rummaging around and she starts trying to get through to Toadie's computer and, you, and find out the password. And I love that she starts to try and pick up context clues to get the password. Like she sees oh, yeah. jellyfish written down. She's like, maybe it's jellyfish. A bit of social engineering. Yeah, like, oh, does Toadie have any pets? <laughs> and then she's like, she says something. Mackenzie comes back and says, oh, I live with Toadie on Ramsey Street, like it was Turak or something. <laughs> yeah, and then she goes, oh, Ramsey Street, cool name. Yeah. <laughs> she's so cute and she's exactly like that. She was also on Hard Quiz. She did the Celebrity Edition and won. And her topic was, how precious is this? Sleepless in Seattle, the movie. Oh, yeah. she seems amazing. Oh, by the way, I have just checked it. It was officially Google. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh, search engine's gone gone like Alta Vista. And by the way, the Google suggestions that are underneath it are completely legitimate. I don't even think they made that. I don't think the art department made that up. Like they've just straight okay. out used Google. <laughs> Clearly there's going to be a spark. There's a spark with Toadie and Rose. He's singing her praises, which I'm a bit worried about because. He's a poor judge of character. And a Me Too movement, like the boss shouldn't be hitting on his assistant. No, but I do you think that they're going to fall in love? I think they will. Yeah, I think they'll be. I think there'll be romance, but it's going to be undercut by whatever the hell she's digging around for. Mm. Mm. Do, do we dare speculate at this time? What What have we got to lose? I mean, I think Kate should. Yeah, oh, I don't have like a real strong thought right now. The only thing that popped into my head was I thought that maybe there's some connection back to D. Maybe oh, it's, my God, really? Yeah. Maybe there's someone in Tasmania or she was involved with the gang that tried to get Andrea or something and they're trying to get some information. Maybe like Angela Lane, she just saw him on whatever their Tinder thing is and she just thought, oh, well, I think my chances are better of you know having an organically formed relationship with him uh, in the workplace instead of on some sort of awkward dating app. I like that because that feels more wholesome and not as villainy, mm. moustache twirly. Maybe she's trying to get onto his profile through the computer to delete herself off it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe she sent him a PM and he hasn't seen it. Ooh. Yeah, that that's classic neighbour's awkwardness. Mm. And she's like, look, I've just got to get in here. And actually she's like a dermatologist or something and has never worked in a legal practice. <laughs> and then you can just get her a job down at the day spa. Yeah. Perfect. The thing is, she's got great interpersonal skills. And if Chloe, um, you know, if she goes off on maternity leave or something, she could like slot into Chloe's role perfectly. And she, because she saved the day with the um, Toadie's really 
tough nut client, um, Paul McCarthy from Comedy Inc. And she got him to retain, she retained his business, even though they had to move the meeting around. Yeah, which, I mean, that client was firstly completely inappropriate and (laughs) secondly, I don't care that she won. She shouldn't have been talking like that to a client. (laughs) Yeah, she's pretty bolshy. I mean, I love her for it because who doesn't want to do that at some point? Mm. But do you know, she's being like Nicolette. Nicolette's talking back to her superiors all week as well. Yeah, maybe this is it. My neighbours is like flipping the guys with like um, submissiveness. No submissive women are going to work for anyone in this in this TV show anymore. Now, Kate, we had a visit from an old mate. Speaking of Castle Grayson, Nicolette's stuck at home while um, Bre- the Brennackers take Mar Brennan up to the Whitsundays. Without her nurse. Yes. Why, why isn't Nicolette up there with them? Mm. Surely Pierce could spring for her airfare. Well, she said no. Because in Hendrix's theory is that she wants to stay home and, you know, perv on Chloe. Yeah, which is very sad considering she's a nurse and it's her profession that she would just be like, oh, I just want to look at this pregnant lady vomit in the sink. I don't get this. I don't get this whole situation. Like it's strange and weird. And how are they, how are they caring for her up there? Like are they like helping her shower and toilet as well? At least David's a doctor. Yeah, one point it got brought up that he's a doctor, but also he's on holidays. He deserves not to be a doctor for a week. So Paul had a go at Nicolette and said, you um, broke up Des and Jane's relationship out of spite and you need to make amends. And so she did. She rang up Des and apologised to him and then Des decided to fly over to Melbourne from Perth. Yeah, I was going to say his full name, which is Desmond Kingsley Clark. Oh, how sweet. That is stuck in my brain. From the late 80s. (laughs) Um, He doesn't have much going on, apparently, Des. He gets one phone call from a number he doesn't know. He answers it and he comes to Melbourne. And when he gets to to Coos's house, they're like, do you want a cup of tea? And he goes, no, I had one on the plane. (laughs) And you know it takes, it's like a three and a half hour flight from Perth to Melbourne. I would hope you'd get a cup of tea in that time. Yeah. That is such a perfect response from a man of that age. Yeah. Like yeah. that's like something my partner's dad would say. Like, do you want a cup of tea? Nah, I had one five hours ago. I'm right. Yeah. But also <laughs> it is timely because they need to look after their prostate. They don't want to be running to the toilet every five minutes. Um, I really enjoyed the scene prior to this where Chloe sets up this high tea in front of the Calax of Ferns in Jumanji, the waterhole, mm. and Nicolette and Jane hash it out why Jane turned her back on Nicolette while after she came out and didn't want her to tell her old bat, Nat, great Nat and Mrs. Mangle because she was prejudiced that she was gay and Nicolette never recovered. Yeah. Tough situation because Mrs. Mangle was a complete old battle axe and <laughs> Jane's spirit was broken by her. Like I can see like her hearing that information, like her first thought would be, oh, fuck, Nan. God, mm. she's going to just hit the roof and it's going to be horrendous. Yeah. Like Jane was basically stuck in an abusive relationship with her. So while it was not the optimum way to react to your daughter coming out, I, you know, I, I feel sympathy for Jane as well. Yeah, I think it was really well handled, the cross-generational um, mm. difficulty of it. CJ? Yeah, so Nicolette and Jane basically sit down on the couch and sort of unpack things after They've sort of had it out a bit of the waterhole. And Nicolette's like, I don't even know how to do this. And Jane mothers her. She says, I say, okay, so now we're just going to, I'm going to wait for you to come to me and I'm going to be here for you. It was it was quite sweet. Aww. 
Because also Nicolette's confided in Jane that she's got a crush on Chloe. She has, which Jane reflexively is like, oh, my God, why do you have to be such a mess? Why are you wanting to date your married employer? Um, but then she, she holds back that judgment, which I think is worth a lot to Nicolette. And then we get a little bit of, uh, well, if we've got um, Macatha Christie, we've also got, um, I don't know, I can't think of a detective name for Hendrix and Jane. Oh, well, like, um, you know, what's that American TV show with um, something in Hooch or like something like Turner, Turner and Hooch? No, not that one. Turner no. Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. I like it. Yeah, I know, but it's hard to pick which one's going to be okay. Well, one, of them, one of them's a dog. That's all right. I don't care. Well, Jane's going to be Turner then. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's another little mystery trying to be solved and Hendrix and Jane are both spying on Chloe and Nicolette because they're up to something at the Branaka house. And it bloody turns out that instead of finding a way to repurpose the bad for the environment toiletries and not, not giving them to a women's shelter, not giving them to, you know, anyone who might be in need, Chloe decides to just use them all. Oh, how terrible of her. Like, seriously, they're meant to be used. And I look... Harlow gets all judgy after all this, but, like, seriously, there isn't the best thing to do with these things is just use them? Yes, but I don't understand why she needed to use a truckload of them. Couldn't she have distributed them around the community, taken them down to the Motelness Centre? How come Pierce hasn't renovated his own bathrooms into, like, day spa-level bathrooms that Chloe could just hang around her own house? Or even they could have um, another one of their marketing competitions and just use all the products at the day spa, like have people coming in for free massages and facials and stuff. Nice. Because, yeah, they, should, they shouldn't be rolling out the eco-friendly products until they've used what they've bought. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's inappropriate that she's using it up unnecessarily, right? It's just like when Harlow um, plucked the straw mm. out of Dr. Carl's glass. It's like, seriously, it's being used right now the damage has been done yeah and also she's ignoring the directive for management which was find an ethical way to dispose of this stuff oh you mean her husband (laughs) she is management (laughs) anyway so that was but i really loved hendrix and jane in the scene together they were very playful yes and coy this is the neighborhood watch spot check show yourself what are you doing here so you're here digging around just like me are away what would i be digging for well the same thing i am dirt on chloe and nicolette well i i may have noticed them sneaking out of here earlier which means you're as sus as i am so come on spill it hey you know how um mrs mangle was jane's grand's grandmother the actress who played jane's mother is still around oh who was that well you you would know her from saddle club she was mrs reg sure would sure would what's the actor's name Oh, Briny Betts. Betts? Oh, she was in two episodes of Jag as well. There you go. <laughs> she could come. Are you saying she could come back? What was their relationship Bring her like back. on the show? She was uh, awful. <laughs> <laughs> she she was like um, kind of the anti-Jane. She was like, I remember she had a fur coat and she was quite glamorous and um, both Mrs. Mangle and Jane hated her. So it so, sounds like um, Donna Friedman's mum, Toddy Coldsmith. Exactly. Well, should we do citizen or citizen? Kate's already done hers, so we will excuse you from this segment. Thank you. CJ, do you have one? Um, I'm going to go straight for Rose. She 
is a woman after my own heart, Bombers fan, working mum, just trying to fudge it by every day. Every day she's winging it and I'm with her. <laughs> I'm with her. And she prioritises the coffee run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet she'd make sure that she got, like if Tony drank almond milk like I do, she'd be like down there being like, I need raw almond milk flavoured by dates. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shitizen of the Week to every single person in the Rebecca family, except Shane, he gets a reprieve, for not just having one moment of sympathy for the guy who's ill and at his at the depths of despair, at his lowest ebb, and not one person gave him a shoulder to cry on. No. That's rough. Yeah, that is. Not even mm. freaking get the Clancy the dog in. No one. Get the dog in from the backyard. Maybe the dog should go to rehab with him. Yeah. You know, be a bit of a like, you know Therapy animal. Therapy dog. Yeah. It is funny how many people are just disappearing off Ramsey Street at the moment though. It's can we just do a little shopping list? Okay, okay so a Tarage <laughs> is gone. LA. Mm. Um, David, Aaron, and Mar Brennan are gone. So that's another, that's four. They're in Queensland. Yep. Puffy's gone. Yep. That's five. Yep. Rehab. We don't know where rehab is either. I bet he's at Malvern Private. Beautiful. Mm. We haven't seen Clive. He's often over at New Zealand, in New Zealand. Yeah. Probably, yeah. He's stuck. He can't get out. Jacinta's got him. Um, Chloe popped over to Adelaide recently. Mm. Um, but at the moment, yeah, we've got at least six characters not on the street. Wow. Also, B's gone. B's in um, oh, yeah. Switzerland. Oh, yeah, seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, I really, um, you mentioned this earlier, Vaya, but I loved like Hendrix and um, Jane together. And it's a nice result of them being in the same character hub that because they wouldn't maybe, if they weren't forced to write a scene for them, maybe they wouldn't have. And I really liked it. Yeah. Mm. She would probably come up at the school with the group of kids, but not like one-on-one in someone's house. Yeah, not like this bouncing that they've got. That's cute. I I love her as an actress. I think she just has a lot of heart in the role. And what what do you guys think? I mean, I've got that long-standing affection for her from the old days, but you know, she's she's new to you guys. What do you think? Well, she's very warm. I actually weirdly always loved her because I used to watch her as a kid in a sitcom called Newlyweds. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, great show. You and me, we got each other. We can show the world. I love you. reason for doing a management training course? I don't know, because do you want to be a manager? (laughs) It was a very bad 90s Aussie sitcom and Newlyweds, I mean, it's never going to be a long-standing, long-running show if it's called Newlyweds, is it? No. Like, because how long can a couple be Newlyweds? (laughs) But it was the the new married couple and then the interfering in-laws that were living in and around and she was the bride and yeah, she was adorable. So I always kind of knew her from that. It was it was really nice seeing Des again this week as well. They've got a lovely rapport, mm. the two of them, and it was it's so nice to see Paul in a non-combative relationship as well. I just I liked that he was backing Harlow just in a really genuinely yeah. supportive way when she mm. wanted to run for council. He's like, and he and Hendrix were bantering over Machiavelli. Also, I love when Paul said, "Don't buy me a drink in my own pub." Yeah. <laughs> Also, I was speaking to my boss who's 10 years older than me and I said, oh, Des, Des is um, back in tonight. Like I mm. said, you know, he's going to be on the show tonight. And he said, you know what, if they brought Des back full time, that would get me back in. I'd watch Neighbours again. 
he's actually <laughs> he's really naturalistic, isn't he? Like, he's very believable because I feel like he's not actually acting at all. It speaks to another era of Australian television. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just that rawness. Mm. Well, that's a that was a delightful week of viewing. Hit us up online, uh, Neighbours Council on Facebook, Neighbours Pod on Twitter, and patreon.com slash Neighbours Pod where you will not join the highest tier. Or <laughs> we dare you. <laughs> Or if you do, can you get one of those McDonald's frozen cakes? Because I think that's what I would pick. God, now it's... <laughs> Costco sheet cake. Ooh, yeah. I want to see some hundreds... With a message on it. <laughs> Nothing that's going to give me freezer burn. <laughs> Kate, where are you online? I'm at Remude on Twitter. CJ. At CJ the Hot Mess Mum on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm Vaya Pashos on Twitter and Vays on Instagram. And Daily Baby is my other podcast if you want to give that a listen. Speak to you a lot soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said, no, nah, I'm not, not going to rehab. I can't got the time. And if my daddy thinks I'm fine, they tried to make me go to rehab. No, nah, I'm not, not going to rehab.